This is Space 101.1 LPFM, Magnuson Park. It's the Wally That live radio show Broadcast from the farmer's market Come on, let's go The last Wednesday of every month Five to six o'clock About our favorite neighborhood With stories and music and talk Welcome to the inaugural broadcast of the Wallingford Local, live from the Wallingford Farmer's Market in beautiful Seattle, Washington. That's the crowd you can hear clapping in the background. Wow, I'm really amazed. Look at that. My name is Felix Bennell. We're on Space 101.1 FM for the next hour. We're live from the Wallingford Farmer's Market in Meridian Park. Come on down now. The Farmer's Market goes until 7 p.m. It's the second market of the season. It's already strawberry time, and they'll be here through pumpkin time, which is my favorite time of year. So... Get in the car, get on your bicycle, whatever conveyance you have in the neighborhood to get to the Wallingford Farmer's Market. Um, this is a brand new show. We're part of a project of Historic Wallingford and a partnership with the Seattle Farmer's Market Association and Space 101.1 FM, the biggest little radio station in North Seattle, packing far above its weight at 101.1 FM and streaming at space101fm.org. It really is a great little station. We're all volunteers. So if we do something wrong or say something stupid, you can't fire us. Um, this is a new show. We'll be here every last Wednesday of the month through September from 5 to 6 p.m. It's, uh, it's a way to connect with your neighbors and find out what's going on at the market, find out what vendors are new, what produce is around, and we'll have some artists joining us as well. We're going to have uh, uh, Sarah Martin from Historic Wallingford coming and joining us, talking about that program, and then uh, Taylor Roden from Historic Seattle will be here also, and we'll have a little live musical performance in the middle of the show from a band called Orion's Belt. Wallingford's own Orion's Belt, I might say. All right, but before we do that, I want to start things off like we will start off every episode of this show, the Wallingford Local here live from the Farmer's Market with Ben Chandler, the market manager of the Wallingford Farmer's Market. Ben, go ahead and uh, say, say talk into the microphone. Let's see how this microphone level here sounds. You got to lean right into it there. You got to really kind of put your mouth up against it. Hello, everyone. Wonderful. Hello, Wallingford. Now, Ben, you're, what's your, what is your job here at the farmer's market? I manage this market. Um, I've been working with this market since 2009 when it was at Wallingford Center. We moved to the park in 2011. So we work with our crew and our, our office manages Ballard, Wallingford, and the Madrona market. Um, Wallingford and Madrona op operate seasonally. All right. So what is it? What's okay? What's going on at this farmer's market right now today? What is it? Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. What's the really hot item or what's the really good stuff that's available at this market today? I think you said it. Strawberries. You can smell it. Every time you walk down the aisle, you can smell strawberries. Um, rhubarb is another thing. Rhubarb is another thing that's red and radishes are also red, um, as the books say. And I think that those are three things that I noticed today walking around. Right on. Now, it's, you've been working in farmer's markets for more than 10 years. That's right. Have they changed much over the last decade? I sort of take them for granted. I know they only go back a couple decades here in Seattle, but it feels like they've been around forever. Why have anything changed in the farmer's market scene, especially with the pandemic wrapping up? Or seems like there's more than there ever were. I think they change. They change on a weekly basis seasonally. And then obviously those wheels move a little bit more slowly um, through the years. I think that Markets are in great shape right now. I think this market, we didn't operate it in 2020 because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it came roaring back last year um, after maybe a slower year in 2021. Um, we're in great shape moving into this season. And last week's first market felt like we picked up right where we left off last year um, with the strong support from the neighborhood and the farms are um, obviously growing things. Yeah. What I love is being able to see the, my neighbor so I don't see any place else. I'll see parents of kids on my daughter's soccer team, and she hasn't played soccer for a decade. I'll see people from the elementary school that she went to, and she got out of there, I don't know, 15 years ago. It is, this is probably the one place where I can consistently see Wallingford neighbors. Every every time I show up, I see somebody I haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, completely. I extend that to vendors as well and all these these incremental conversations that we've been having over sometimes, what, 12, 13 years that I've been here. Yeah, little yeah. bits that you pick up every Wednesday through the season. Um, yeah, sometimes it starts off with something as simple as the weather, which today is very pleasant out here. It's perfect. Um, yeah, it's a see, on the my thermometer says it's sixty four point two degrees, which is a little bit warmer than I would have guessed. But it's just the light and the breeze right now. It's just it's a perfect time to get out to the farmers market and start the season off right. I feel like I always forget this market's here until June, and we miss out on some really good stuff in late May. As beautiful as the site is, it's one of the things we struggle with. I think is visibility, and so just. Um, 
yeah, recognizing that it is in this park and it's such a beautiful thing. So we're always trying to get people into the into the park to experience it because I think once you see it, you remember it. It's such a beautiful site with Good Shepherd yeah. Center, the, the trees and the old grounds from this place, which maybe you can speak to in some of your... Yeah, yeah and I know you guys start, it opens at 3 o'clock, but you guys are here long before that getting set up. What does it take to get this farmer's market set up every week? Uh, it takes lots of logistics on the front end and the back end too, uh, but it's working with these farms that come from all over the place. We've got a farm from Colville here today, which is in the far northeast corner of the state. We've got, who else is coming from distance? We've got two or three farms coming from eastern Washington. Um, so the logistics of getting them in each day, um, harvesting sometimes that morning or this morning, um, and getting all that stuff to market. Um, and so we try to organize this site in a way that allows them to roll in from wherever they're coming from. And get set up um, so that by three o'clock uh, we can be ready to roll and it looks like it does right now. Now are there anything that's new this year from last year? New vendors or new uh, restaurants or places to get something to eat or is it a lot of just people returning from previous years? Uh, in a lot of ways it's a lot of it's continuity from last year which I'm proud of. Um, I think that speaks to the health of the market. Folks want to come back, they want to be here at this particular market to reconnect with those folks that they saw through the season last year. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of new prepared food vendors. Tijuana Tacos is currently at our Ballard Market as well and is a really great addition. Um, let's see, a uh, new farm that's here is Goat and Seed. Yeah, he's coming down from Everett. Um, he's at our Madrona Market as well. Um, and, and how did you first get into working for a farmer's market? Is that something that you set out to do or did you, I mean, how does that happen? I've been interested in local food and food in general for a long time. Yeah. I think it made sense. It was sort of a happenstance occurrence. I heard a radio ad actually. On <laughs> KUOW was doing an online job fair, and I was headed home from my um, my job as a music musician. I play uh -huh. music, and I was listening to a re-air of that broadcast, and they were looking for a market manager that year. Um, and that was back when our organization um, managed Wallingford, Queen Anne, and Madrona. Um, and so I was originally hired to run those three markets. Yeah. And did you say what year it moved to Meridian Park? I remember going to the parking lot of the old Wallingford Center many years ago, and it was convenient and visible, but it wasn't as nice as all the grass and trees here. Yeah, uh, I was, like I said, 2009 was my first year, and I was okay. at Wallingford Center for two years, so I believe gotcha. 2011, okay. Okay. although that's murky enough back there Yeah, yeah. Um, to have worn away some of those those memories. But I'm pretty sure we've been in the, in the market, or in the park for since 2011. Um, and the site is beautiful. That site had some, uh, some nice access. Um, the bus stop is right there. Yeah, it's, it's visible in a way that this market isn't. But I think um, the setting here is is incredible. Yeah, it really is. It's a great place, and you're here till seven o'clock tonight. And we're here all the way through the end of September, right? That's right. That's great. It's so fun to watch the seasons change and the new stuff come in. In the weeks ahead, what's the next new produce that should emerge in early June? Uh, lots of green things. Beans are coming. Okay. Uh, I just talked to a vendor whose cherries are red on the trees and they haven't started picking them yet, although she says her dad likes to eat them in this sort of unripe, <laughs> very, um, very bitter, sour state. But um, I think they'll come in in a week or two. Okay. I'm um, looking forward to raspberries coming in at some point as well soon. Yeah, it's, it's the most exciting time of year for that sort of stuff. All right, well, Ben Chandler, we really appreciate you working with us this year, letting us set up our booth to do this. Historic Wallingford and Space 101.1 FM doing the Wallingford Local, a show from a farmer's market. It's something I've dreamed of for a long time, as silly as that sounds. And so it's really appreciate you guys letting us be here and working with you on this and look forward to a great summer of checking in with you and your other staff members and finding out what's new and what's fresh and what's coming up. Thank you very much for right. having us. We're stoked you're here, too. Right on. Um, cheers. That's Ben Chandler. He's the, with the Seattle's Farmers Market Association, the market manager here at the Wallingford Farmers Market. And we are here live at the Wallingford Farmers Market, in case you haven't figured that out yet. All that great background noise. You can hear all the produce, all the great vendors. Um, we're here till 6 o'clock with this radio show. It's our brand new first episode ever on Space 101.1 FM. But the Farmers Market started last week and is here. They're here every Wednesday. We're here the last Wednesday of the month. We've got all sorts of great surprises. We'll be talking about history and we'll have some musicians on in a little bit. Um, I want to invite our first, our second guest, Sarah Martin from Historic Wallingford, and kind of a hometown guest um, because we we are a project of Historic Wallingford. And whoops, you can just kind of lean right into that. Yeah. Hey, Felix, how are you? Hey, Sarah. Thanks for coming down here today. Yeah. Thanks for being part of this project. So, um, I lived in Wallingford for a long time. I've been in Wallingford almost 30 years, and my mother-in-law lived here in the 40s, a block away from where we live now. And I always tell people. Uh, my late mother-in-law worked at the works at worked at Dick's Drive-In the day it opened in 1954. That's our family's claim to fame here in Wallingford as being deeply rooted in the businesses and living here and just loving it here. 
And Historic Wallingford is a relatively new organization. And so what is Historic Wallingford? For someone who's never heard of it before, might be seeing the coming to the booth here for the first time or seeing the posters up and some of the other projects. What is Historic Wallingford? Yeah, th thanks, Felix. It's, and first of all, thanks for partnering with us to do this you show. Bet. We're, you bet. We're jazzed to be here with Space 101 FM and, um, and the Farmer's Market, so we appreciate it. Um, Historic Wallingford is, is a young organization. We're an, a volunteer, neighborhood-based nonprofit. We launched officially in 2018. We're, uh, we're powered by volunteers volunteers and so um, all of our uh, programs that we do are, are volunteer based and we have the great support of, of really strong organizations throughout the city like Historic Seattle is a great partner to us um, and we get some of our um, uh, most helpful funding, for example, from For Culture, which is the King County Cultural Arts Funding Agency. Mm -hmm. So uh, that really helps kind of jumpstart us. And then we have, like I said, a, a strong uh, network of supporters, neighbors um, who give their time and their talents. And so that's really what drives us. Of course, a young organization had a little bit of a hard time during the pandemic. We didn't get to do a lot of the community uh, engagement that, that uh you know, the pandemic forced us all inside. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're now kind of coming out of that. 2023 for us is a year to kind of re-engage with the community, celebrate Wallingford. And this is a great way to kind of start that here at the farmer's market. Yeah. And are there, are there signature projects or programs that happen around the year that people would recognize the program, but maybe not know that Historic Wallingford's running it nowadays? Yeah. So we, um, well, first of all, we just finished up kind of a multi-year project, kind of our pandemic project, if you will. It mm -hmm. was um, um, doing the, the National Register of Historic Places Historic District nomination for uh, a good part of the residential area here, right around the Good Shepherd Center. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's now completed, and we're, we're now kind of promoting and celebrating that. Um, but we also do other kind of, kind of one-off activities. Um, we're doing another kind of second look at uh, an activity called Exploring Wallingford. And so last year, it was a self-guided activity, a brochure and an online component that folks could come pick up the brochures in local businesses. And we're doing another version of that this summer. And we'll be promoting that here on the show, probably July. Okay. Yeah. And let's talk about the historic district for a second, because I think I used to live, I used to live at First Avenue and 46, which I think is right in the middle of the historic district. I don't, I don't live in that part of the neighborhood anymore, but... Yeah. So what, what is the historic district and what does yeah. it actually mean? So it's called the Wallingford Meridian Streetcar Historic District. And that name kind of um, reflects um, why the place is, is designated, the streetcars. Um, the period of significance, if you will, is 1900 to 1940, basically. And that was kind of the heyday of streetcars. And the, the area developed as a residential neighborhood because of the streetcars. So that's why it's called the Streetcar Historic District. And the, 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 the boundaries, are, are roughly I-5 on the east and Interlake on the west, okay. uh, 46 on the south and 50th on the north. So um, that, that makes up about 900 buildings or so is what we inventoried and uh, roughly 650 or so are, are historic built before 1940. So it's, huh. it's kind of a cool... A snapshot in time of, of Wallingford to do this historic district. Does that, does that give you the ability to do special programming or signage or something or how does that what's the biggest benefit of having a historic district yeah, right so in our midst like this? Right the National Register designation is honorary and and one of our uh, reasons for doing it was not only to document the place uh, but also to kind of research all the, the people and places in that district so it's given us a real rich um, um, archive, I guess, of, of the people who developed and who lived here during the early part of the 20th century. And so we're kind of spinning some of those stories into um, uh, material on our website and stories in our, our activities that we do because people are interested in those those kind of touchstones with the past. So yeah, yeah. Um, we hope to kind of build out our website a little more with some of those specific stories. Okay. But yeah, it's it's um, the signage in particular is one thing we're interested in doing um, kind of long term. So so anything from maybe banners in the historic district to maybe individual plaques on houses if people want to want to do that. So we're, wow, we're kind of exploring good. that and we'd encourage any any input from the neighborhood on that. And you do historic preservation work. That's kind of your day job too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I, I'm a volunteer with the organization, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I do. Um, I'm a, 
a preservation consultant. Um, I work kind of part-time and I do a lot of landmarking applications, for example. So this is kind of right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So what, what parts of Wallingford history are the most overlooked or the least least known by people who just speed down 45th? Well, you can't really speed down 45th, but who kind of fight, drive through 45th and look off to the side, north or south, and sort of what are the stories that people are missing about Wallingford that yeah, they should I, know? I think the way to, to, to get to know Wallingford is to get out of your car and Absolutely. just walk. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, um, that's one of the, the, the things we emphasize with our Exploring Wallingford activity is to, you know, on your bike or, or walking, um, um, explore slowly and look around. But the architecture is really interesting. Um, yeah. It's got a range of... Um, of styles that were popular in the 20th early 20th century, and, and lots and lots of craftsman bungalows. Um, that's kind of what we're known for here in Wallingford as far as architecture. But yeah. I think um, one thing that came out of all of our research with the historic district was just how many um, multi-generational families lived in the houses in the district. Um, a, a lot of maybe widowed or, or, or single women who, who had boarding houses. It was just a lot of interesting ways that, that women um, um, were able to earn a living um, on their own who were, who were widowed and, and, and multi-generational families. That was kind of interesting to me and huh. something you don't see typically today. Yeah, I always think about what Wallingford must have been like before Interstate 5 cut through the, you know, the, what, the eastern boundary and even before Aurora cut through essentially the western boundary. It must have been just more kind of just blended together yeah, better. because some of those connections were cut off. Yeah, because you really feel that I-5 boundary on the one side and the... Not exactly Aurora as a boundary on the other side, but it's it kind of feels that way. And just the way as you're driving down 45th or walking or, or riding, riding your bike, the way yeah. it just changes and there's layer after layer and yeah. different blocks have totally different character. And then there's still that, yep. in spite of Food Giant being long gone, that still sort of feels like downtown Wallingford to me, that, that kind of, I guess, what's a QFC now, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, even the smallest traffic change can really change the dynamic you know when, when they changed the the i think it's first and second to one-way streets in the in the 50s i believe that really changed that when the buses came down those, oh those yeah streets. Fac oh, factory in latona yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Though, yeah exactly those um those one-way designations really can kind of change the the character and, and how people experience the neighborhoods and, and same thing with i5 and, and and aurora and i really like how the the old um Winchell's Donuts there. I think it's at Thackeray or Latona. I'm not sure which one. It's it's now home to the uh, El Rancho Taco the tacos, Wagon. Yeah, right? yeah. And but the, kept but the, the Winchell sign. sign is still there, and the Winchell's infrastructure <laughs> is still there. You can, yeah. So you can walk up to the window of the Winchell's, and the and the fact that um, what's the Golden Oldies Records is still there, and it's been there for 50 plus years, I yeah. think. Dix has been there going on 70 years yeah. next. Almost yeah, 70 years next year will be 70 years that Dix has been there yeah. on, on 45th, which yeah. is crazy. And then um, Swanson Shoe Repair. Swanson's are old family friends of ours. There is just there's just layers of history along there. And then yep. you get to Good Shepherd with this wonderful park here at Meridian, and it all kind of. I mean, this this sometimes this feels like downtown Wallingford this time of day on a Wednesday in the spring and summer. This is downtown. Right. This is like the the city center it's right hopping. here. It's hopping. Yeah. 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 Huh. So what's now? Um, this exploring Wallingford's happening in the summer. Are you guys doing activities in the out months, like in the autumn or the winter, or is this more of a summertime thing at this point? You know, we're we're. Since we are um, a relatively small group, we, we only have the capacity to do kind of uh, short initiatives, but we're, we're certainly in the planning mode come fall and looking at kind of the next year. Um, um, we don't have any regular recurring things yet. I think we might tee up if, if we can find the venue and the interest, we might tee up maybe a lecture or something um, on, a, on a topic in the fall, but okay. um, yeah, that's it's not what about a holi out. What about a holiday decoration contest? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I always thought that'd be kind of cool, especially 45th mm -hmm. in the wintertime, you know, at night. Uh, uh, colored lights that time of year would be wonderful. Now, how can people find out more about Historic Wallingford? What's the best way to stay in touch? Yeah, up? so we, um, we're online, historicwallingford.org. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, we do put out sort of a monthly every couple of months newsletter and it's free just sign up on our website and we'll keep you informed of what's going on right now yeah. have you had a chance to walk around the farmer's market yet today yeah it's great okay what's your favorite thing you've seen so far just all the all the produce i love it yeah yeah I it's wonderful it. yeah all right sarah martin from historic wallingford joining us live here on the wallingford local um 
hopefully be on the next episode. Yeah, I assume we'll talk to you it. next time. Yeah, let's we'll keep, this, keep get the update on what's going on in the neighborhood. So. All right. All right. You are listening to the Wallingford Local, which we think it's the only live radio show to be broadcast from a farmer's market anywhere in the free world. Um, we're, we're once a month, the last Wednesday of the month, 5 to 6 p.m. Now, um, if you remember the here, let's, you remember the theme song we played at the beginning of the show. Let's let's play a little snippet of this here. Let's see if it, if that will kind of blow things out of the air. Let's see here. Wait. Why don't just play a second of that? It's the Wallingford local. I really like that theme song. I'm gonna tune it down. You'll hear that every month on this show. It was written and com- written and composed and performed all the musical parts by Joe Jezek. And Joe joins us. He's our musical guest along with other members of Orion's Belt. This is the Wallingford Local Live Stage. We're, uh, we're working out the kinks as we speak. We're ironing out the kinks, but we've got Orion's Belt with us here. This is a band with Wendy Crocker on guitar and vocals, Bill Curry on violin, viola and vocals, and Joe Jezek on guitar and vocals. They've got a couple songs they're going to play. What, um, let me get your microphones turned on, guys, here. Hang on a second. Let's see, there's the vocals there. What are we going to hear first? Uh, a song by Irving Berlin, who wrote many songs. Oh, White Christmas? Are you going to play White Christmas? Play That's White my favorite Christmas song. And Blue Skies. All right, no. so, uh, <laughs> all right, listen, you guys, thanks for being the inaugural. First, Joe, thanks for writing the theme song for the Wallingford Local. I mean, oh, it's, I, I hear that song now, and I just, I'm serious. It's a really, it's exactly what we were hoping for. It just sounds, it just really hit the mark for what we wanted for this show. So thanks for doing that. You're very welcome. And you and I are neighbors. I've known you for almost 30 years, 25 years, and we lived across the street from each other. So thanks for stepping up and doing that song for us. And the other members of Orion's Belt, thanks for joining us here on the Wallingford Local Live Performance Stage here at the Farmer's Market. Have you guys had a chance to walk around the Farmer's Market yet? A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, okay, all right, so fun. All yeah. right, great. Right on. Well, listen, it's, you're our inaugural guest. I'll let you take away with your first song whenever you're ready. And I'll be mixing it here, so if anyone listening on the radio thinks it's mixed poorly, they can blame me, but I am a volunteer, though. So. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to the Wallingford Local Live on Space 101.0 FM. All right, this is a short song, so... Uh, we're going to play it twice through, and we're going to change the words just slightly and see if it, it has a contemporary feel. I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Take away my hi-hat. Take away my favorite tie. Take away my white spats, but I still get by. But my walking stick simply must let that be oh no you can't take that away from me without my walking I'd go insane can't look my best feel undressed without my cane must have that walking stick for it may rain and if it falls can't be outdoors without that game if i should ever leave my house without my walking that'd be something i could never explain the thing that makes me click 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 on lovers lane Go for naught if I were caught without that cane. Must have my Apple phone 
to it I cling Streaming cats Wearing hats That dance and sing If I should ever Leave my house Without my Apple phone thing that makes me tick tock and calms my brain tick tock is when I push prod and poke that tiny screen Alright, that is Orion's Belt live on the Wallingford Local on Space 101.1 FM. We're live at the Wallingford Farmer's Market in Meridian Park. We're here, the Farmer's Market goes till seven o'clock. There's still time to come down and pick up some strawberries, other produce, there's great food here. Now, quick quick question here about Orion's Belt. What's the history, where do you guys, what's the origin story of Orion's Belt, anybody? Well, we started uh, actually in Blue Ridge. <laughs> yeah. And Wait, I, this is supposed to be a Wallingford show. Wait a minute. I thought they, didn't you did didn't you know you were supposed to be only from Wallingford? I got no. a couple of ringers from Blue Ridge. Okay, that no, that's okay. That's right. We're honorary Wallingford. You guys sound great. How now, how long you guys been playing together? Two years. Um, a couple of years, yeah. A couple years. Not right. enough. Yeah. All right. And then yeah. um, you're you play in some other bands? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We what? play. I play in a band with four women called Righteous Mothers. And we play in another band called the Higginus Valley Band. That's based right. Based on South Whidbey. Gotcha. And I, I that, play a band. And that, uh, that's Wendy Crocker, by yeah. the way. And this is Bill Curry on violin. Yeah. And what, what band do you play in? Well, I also play in Ticket Doom, which uh, plays at Sea Monster. See, that counts as Wallingford. That's well, that's, yeah, you guys have plenty of Wallingford street cred. I'm not worried. All right. You want to be in a band with us? <laughs> no, I, no. I, that's, Let's make one now. Yeah, no. I can, you can borrow my microphones. Um, all right, so what are we going to hear next from uh, Orion's Belt? We're going to change completely the tune and do God Bless the Child, yep. Billy Holiday. All right. We're live on Space 101.1 FM. It's the Wallingford Local with Orion's Belt, live at the Wallingford Farmer's Market. Come on down and join us here, everybody. And this features Bill's viola. Ah, the bigger, it's, okay, which is a bigger violin, essentially. Yeah, fifth lower. Got bigger. it, okay, very good. Bigger, lower. That's not shall lose. So the Bible said, and it still is new. Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own. That's got his own. Yes, the strong get more, while the weak ones fade. Empty pockets don't ever make a grave. Papa may but God bless the child that's got his own. Oh, that's got his own. 
trust a friend You can help yourself But don't take Blue Ridge, too. Big, big round of applause I can hear from Blue Ridge from your other neighbors up there. We represent all of North Seattle here on Space 101.1 FM, but we are at the Wallingford Farmer's Market. That is Orion's Belt. Now, where does the name of the band come from? It's Wendy's fault. It's my Go fault. Ahead. We wear sweaters on Sundays. Oh, my God. <laughs> but only you know that. Nobody out there. And then one time, one night, I was out walking my dog, and it was a beautiful starry night, and I looked up and I saw Orion, three gorgeous stars, and I said, that's very nice. All right. How, okay. That's okay. All right. Now, where that was that was in Blue Ridge or that was on Whidbey Island? That was in California. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> we get well, around. Kinda, you're kind of you're kind of blowing this whole local thing out of the water with all these talk of California and Whidbey Island and Blue Ridge and everything. I happen right. to be visiting there. All right. All right. All right. Well, now you got one more song for us here. What, what's the what's I the did. final selection? Let's see here. Uh, let me get you. Uh, this we're going all the way up to the '60s. Johnny Rivers. And uh, Secret Agent Man. Hang on a second. I'm gonna, let me get your volume up for you there, Joe. I don't no, no, not up, but down. Oh, down. down okay, well, up. I yeah. thought you were pointing up. up. You're, pointing, up you're pointing your ear like my ear is hurting. Up a little more than that. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's good. We'll work out these signals much more co in a much more coherent fashion next time. If, if you guys ever come, decide to come back and darken our doors here again on the... Wallingford local. All right, um, we're live at the Wallingford Farmers Market. The Farmers Market just started last week. It's every Wednesday from now through the end of September. This is a show called the Wallingford Local, which is on live from 5 to 6 p.m. on the last Wednesday of every month. It's our very first inaugural show. We're so lucky to have a little band, a trio. How many? How many people? How many members are there in your trio? There's actually four. Okay, very good. Um, this is Orion's Belt. They're here with us, and they're going to perform one more song for us here on the Wallingford Local on Space 101.1 FM.
Riviera one day Lying in a palm day and the next day They don't let the wrong words slip Kissing persuasive lips are you won't live to see Round of applause here. Thank the you. crowd is going nuts here at the Wallingford <laughs> Farmers Market. This is this is the most this is the most excited I've seen this crowd this year. That's true. They look excited. That's and that's counting last week too. Just so you know. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of room, folks. It beat the crowds. No. It's, uh, thank you guys. That was awesome. Thank you so much for being the inaugural musical guests on the Wallingford Local. You've set the bar incredibly high. <laughs> Why, what? That's not supposed to be funny. That's true. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I hope you guys will come back. we got four more shows to do before the end of the season. I'd love to have you back later in the season. And Joe, thanks for doing the theme song for you're the show. Very, so. You're very welcome. We're happy to be here. Are you guys playing out anywhere coming up anytime soon? Or? <laughs> Blue Ridge. We're playing yeah, the Blue Ridge, Blue Ridge on the 26th. Blue, Blue Ridge, okay. It's free. Anyone from anywhere in the city can. What's the venue in Blue Ridge? Blue Ridge Beach Park. Oh, is that a city park up there? You guys? It's a Blue Ridge. Oh, it's that. Do you have to have a, have to be a member of the neighborhood to Not get into the Not that night. Not that night. Okay, this is June 26th. Yeah. June 26th. July. No, July 26th. July. July 26th. Some kind of celebration of Blue Ridge or just a random... Music. Uh, music fest. It's uh, right. become an annual music fest. A lot of neighborhood talent. All right. Uh, there are a lot of musicians hanging around, and uh, so live stage, big PA. All right. Well, listen, this is it's Joe. Thanks for being a great neighbor all these years. Thanks for stepping up and doing this show and everything. And uh, that's it's Joe Jessic on guitar and vocals, Bill Curry on violin, viola and vocals, and Wendy Crocker on guitar and vocals. It's Orion's Belt live here on the Wallingford Local on Space 101.1 FM. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Wow. Okay. Now, wait. How do we how do we top that? We should just go off the air right now. Just and just that should be the grand finale. No, I'm just kidding. Um. All right. We've got lots more stuff to talk about. I wonder is Taylor Roden from Historic Seattle able to join us here? Go ahead and sit right there if you don't mind. All right. Hey, thanks for coming um, to be here on the Wallingford Local. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. Adjust this microphone a little bit here, just so you can lean. Got to lean right into this. Microphones aren't super sensitive. Is there. this better? Yeah, that's really good. Okay, Fabulous. so you now. So your your name's Taylor Road, and you work for Historic Seattle. I do. Now, what is Historic Seattle? Historic Seattle is um, both a PDA and a nonprofit. Uh, we're turning 50 this year, and so it's awesome that you've invited me to be literally where it all started at the Good Shepherd Center. But Historic Seattle um, saves meaningful places. That's our mission that foster lively communities. And we um, invest in real estate and rehabilitate buildings. We have an advocacy team that quite literally runs around the city and county. Um, writing and supporting landmark nominations and supporting honestly community members who just care about spaces and then my role um, on the engagement team is to create programming um, and just let folks know how to save the places that they care about um, how to support awesome organizations like historic wallingford and the work that they're doing so yeah those are kind of our three approaches to uh, preservation in Seattle and King County. So, I mean, there's lots of preservation groups that go around advocating for preservation and saying, you know, don't tear this down or build this thing up. But you guys actually own properties, which I think is pretty cool, including the building behind you, Absolutely. the other side of the farmer's market, the Good the Good Shepherd Center, right? Yes. So that, we, is that the first, that's, that's Historic Seattle's first property? It is, indeed. So we own 11 properties to date, and uh, the story of the Good Shepherd Center uh, at least as I know it, is um, it was home of it was a home uh, for young women, and for 60 years, honestly, it functioned that way in this community. And I think in like the early 70s, um, 
the city of Seattle actually acquired the property, and honestly, it was a community effort. I believe it was supposed to be turned into a shopping center. I have heard that before. It would have been a great location for a shopping center. Look at all these people shopping right now. Right? I mean, it's, I guess it still could happen. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, but no, yeah, no, no. It is a, it's a terrific location. So it, w it was going to be a shopping center, but somehow be, it, it was saved. The, the community said, absolutely not. Um, there must be a better use for the building. So the city purchased it, and in 1973, it was the same year that Historic Seattle, the PDA, was created, and the city transitioned ownership of the property to Historic Seattle. So it was our first big project, and it honestly has, the use of the property has stayed the same over the past 50 years. It's currently home to the Wallingford Senior Center, Seattle Tilth, dozens of nonprofits, um, the Meridian School, I'm sure many of those awesome students are who we're hearing in the background. And then there's an awesome chapel space that Historic Seattle um, restored, and tons of concerts have been in that space. It's really beautiful. And we also added live work artist uh, residents to the top floor of the building. I think there are six of them in total, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So it's really awesome to really uh, still see that this property is being used by community. It was saved for community, and that's really what Historic Seattle is in the business of doing. Yeah, and in Wallingford, you know, we have a couple. We have Gasworks Park down on Lake Union, but other yes. than that, in this park and the Wallingford play, play field, there aren't huge amounts of public spaces, and the fact that Good Shepherd Center is a quasi-public space and is open to the public and you guys are managing it means that there's sort of a, I mean, this could have easily been a really bad situation. So it's a huge part of the community yes. fabric that that thing still exists and that Historic Seattle operates it. Did you guys also, did you recently take over um, Washington Hall? Yes, we did. So the Washington Hall project, I'm fairly certain, you'll have to fact check my dates, but I think that was 2006 that that project was completed. That makes sense, yeah. And our, sorry, 2016. Yeah, Not that sounds even better. Yeah, I yes. think you guys, yeah, okay, yeah. 2016. Right. Um, and Washington Hall similarly um, is a space for community that was originally um, owned by the Danish Brotherhood. That's right. And it has served so many communities over the years. The hall turns 115 years old <laughs> this year. And um, currently there are three anchor partners who operate the space. And that would be Creative Just, oh, sorry, uh, 206 Zulu. Um, Black Power Unlimited, Creative Justice is a new partner to that space, and then we also have, uh, I'm so blanking. That's okay. It'll come to me. No, that's okay. Yeah, it'll come to me. Back to um, the Good Shepherd Center for a second. Now, there's a there's a performance space on the upper level? So, yes. And the, what, ch the chapel is beautiful. <laughs> has that been sort of quiet because of the pandemic, or... It has. Is it coming back? It's slowly coming back. Okay. Um, I think across all of our properties, we're seeing that programming is slowly starting to come back. Okay. It definitely was interesting. So I started with Historic Seattle during the pandemic in August of 2020 and oh, was wow. hired to do programming. So a lot of the programming that I've done has been virtual. And so it's been very interesting to see folks slowly start to come back and do in-person programming. I haven't been to a program in the chapel since it's reopened for public use, but I know that that's coming in the fall with our 50th anniversary celebrations. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, turning 50. Um, so what, what other programs do you offer during the summer? Do you guys have walking tours and stuff like that? This, we have done walking tours um, in the past. This summer, we're giving ourselves a little bit of a break since we know that our fall is going to be very busy as we come into our anniversary season. So what you'll see from our programming, it's a lot of... Um, supporting other folks and their walking tours. So we have um, a partnership with History Link. They've developed a ton of self-guided walking tours. So you'll likely see us supporting folks leading those. Um, we acquired another property fairly recently, and that would be the Good Arts Building in Pioneer Square. And we worked with Historic South Downtown to get some funding to do programming in that building. So you'll definitely see us pushing a lot of the arts and culture programming happening in that neighborhood. Now, wait, what is the Good Arts? I'm not familiar with the Good Arts Building. What Good is Arts that Building now? is awesome. So it's on First and Cherry. And um, Historic Seattle is the newest managing partner of that building. And it has 28 artist lofts in there. Ah, okay. There's actually gonna be a really awesome first Thursday celebration. The name of the artist loft is 57 Biscayne, but there's a Cherry Street Coffee House in there, ah, uh, okay. Bad Bishop Bar, there's a sake place, a bookstore. And um, we're working with all of those folks over the course of the summer to just have free programming. Um, Lots of live music. I think the bookstore is going to do some poetry workshops. Um, Beneath the Streets is there, so we're working with them to offer free um, underground Seattle tours. Lots of good stuff. So that's really what you'll see from us this summer. And I mean, 
preservation, I mean, it's, Seattle's in one of these phases where a lot of stuff is under pressure. You see a lot of houses being torn down and replaced with, you know, very modern rectilinear houses. I mean, that's fine. It's, it's, it's progress in some ways. Um, but how does a, I mean, how does that affect your guys' work with this? There's this intense pressure where property values are, are raising so quickly and houses that were, you know, wouldn't have been considered teardowns 10 years ago all of a sudden are, are teardown worthy just because the land is so valuable and people want to maximize. Is that something that's affecting the you, your guys' ability to do your work in terms of educating people about the value of historic preservation? Or Absolutely. My short answer to that is we are all very busy across all yeah, of our teams. Yeah. On the education programming side, the piece of Historic Seattle that I really run and program, it has meant that we've had to really adjust the types of programming that we're offering. We used to do a lot of tours, and while we're still offering those sorts of programs, I've really been working with our leadership and our other staff to shift our focus to really do some storytelling. Why are yeah. these places important? Yeah. You know, um, and focus more on the use, I would say, than like the architecture components of preservation. And I think that's slowly starting to shift um, folks' narrative and perspective around why preservation is relevant today. But it's definitely an uphill battle um, and yeah. one that I think will continue to uh, to face, honestly, as development and growth happens in the city. The storytelling is really important because, like you said, there's, you know, architecture doesn't necessarily interest everybody, and the, those, uh, an architecturally significant building may not be, may not resonate for as big a part of the population as who's some, a group who has good memories there, or it's some important part of the fabric of the community, so. That's a big piece. So that, I mean, what, what form does that storytelling take? I mean, is it, is it like videos or more? I mean, what is it, what is it, what do you mean by storytelling? All of the things. So definitely video. And we saw a lot of that during the pandemic. So yeah. we did um, an awesome video series. And actually Sarah Martin was gracious enough to say yes to us. And she did one of our pre-recorded videos. Oh, nice. um, we've done some live panels, um, both virtual and in person. Partnered with HistoryLink to do a series called History Collective where we were highlighting their self-guided walking tours, and then we reached out to folks in those communities to join us for a panel discussion about what's happening now in those communities. So I think that's definitely a way. Um, there are, are folks who just love classic preservation and architecture, so we're still offering those tours. Mm -hmm. But I think anytime we can get folks who are using the spaces or have some sort of connection to a home, to a building, um, and giving them a platform to tell their own stories, I try to do that in that way. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know this notion of equity is coming up with preservation now, too, in some really strange ways. There was a, um, a public school in North Seattle that the community wanted to tear it down because of equity, because the, they thought the community deserved a nicer, nice new school, which was a really strange twist on the notion of equity-related preservation. And it sort of seems like, I don't know, it seems like the storytelling is really critical in terms of... Um, convincing people of the value without beating them over the head or, you know, feel, making people feel as if they have to chain themselves to bulldozers or something. It seems like we're beyond that kind of, those kinds of preservation battles, but maybe not. I don't think we are. Um, and, and when it comes to preservation and equity, I think across the country, that's a, a hot topic right now. And how can we, um, I would say less so convince people, but like share opportunities to preserve what we already have upgrade, if you will, as opposed to getting rid of and replacing. I think there are definitely ways that you can introduce new technology, new materials into spaces, and also preserve the history of that place um, and why it was built in the first place. And yeah. to the extent that I think we can marry those things and kind of meet in the middle, all the better. It's yeah. also more sustainable <laughs> to... Um, preserve what's already existing in the world. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that part of the argument is, is huge. And I remember, I mean, I've been involved in historic preservation stuff for, I don't know, about 25 or 30 years. And it was definitely, it wasn't like a um, elitist thing, but it was sort of a, it was sort of a rarefied or it was kind of esoteric. It wasn't like a mainstream thing, in my experience, 30 years ago. And that's, we've come a long way since then, I think. We've definitely come a long yeah. way. And I'd say there's a long way to go still. I mean, I yeah. hear that narrative every day. And that's definitely something that historic Seattle is is being faced with right now. You hear the narrative that it, it is elitist, or that it's or that it's it's not anymore. Um, that it still is. Really. That it okay. still is. That it is definitely changing and evolving. Yeah. But um, I guess it depends on who you talk to, and unfortunately, I read Twitter comments, <laughs> so I should oh, probably yeah, stop that yeah, practice. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think yes, I don't think that that's completely gone away, even though preservation as a whole has come a very very long way. Yeah, the conversation seems much broader than it was, again, in the early 90s when I was first paying attention to this kind of stuff. Um, hey, do you have an update on the Showbox project? Is there any, do you have any news on that one? <laughs> I wish I had more of yeah, an update. 
on that. Um, we're always keeping our eyes and ears open for any updates, but for now, if folks are wanting to find out what's happening, our website is pretty up to date with what's going on with that project. And anytime there's anything to report or if we need folks to rally in support of Saving the Showbox, we will absolutely share yeah. that on all of our channels. Yeah, the thing I've been following a lot is the Memorial Stadium, which I think yes. is sad that that's being demolished yes. instead of re refurbished and restored. I think there was a lot of potential there to do something really interesting with a really kind yeah. of the uh, Climate Pledge Arena treatment to Memorial Stadium, I think, would have been really appropriate. Yeah. And then the um, the issue with the the reflecting pools at the Pacific Science Center, the notion of filling those in with dirt. <laughs> yeah, that's a hot topic, right? That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's I mean, I, that's that's a real head scratcher. I mean, personally, that's my opinion. I don't, I don't I don't quite get that. I mean, I sort I sort of get that, but I don't really get that at all. That seems like a real missed. Uh, and these are the things that we talk and meet about every day. Like, yeah. how can we? Um, how can we honestly just have open conversation with folks to understand how and why these decisions are being made and find ways to just meet in the middle, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and that's so, challenging. So only fill in half the reflecting pool with dirt then. Yeah, <laughs> no, <excuse>. you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is cool. Good. I mean, the fact that Good Shepherd Center exists and Historic Seattle operates and maintains it. I mean, people take that for granted because it's it's so well maintained. The, I know you have gardeners working on the ground. Separate from the park, there's sort of two. Yes. Maybe people don't realize there's Meridian Park, which is a public park, and then there's Good Shepherd, which you guys own and operate. Yes, we do. And the two together fit so beautifully together, I don't think anyone knows where the boundary is, which is, I think that's perfect. I mean, it really is the power of collaboration. Yeah. Uh, it took me, honestly, a year working here to understand where the technical <laughs> boundary was, because you're right, it is very seamless, and it's just like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. good to know, friends, I didn't know that um, all of this wasn't ours, but yeah. it is, I, it's, it's really beautiful, honestly, to see it work, um, and have a model like the Good Shepherd Center to point to and say, hey, we can do this. And yeah. it's not too, too difficult to achieve this. Um, so I'm excited that Historic Seattle is continuing to invest in more properties around the city so that we can have more places to point to and say, hey, y'all, this is working. And it's working because folks are saying yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, Taylor Roden, the Director of Community Engagement for Historic Seattle, number one uh, happy 50th anniversary to Historic Seattle. Thank I'm going to be at that event in late September. I think it's sometime in late September. There's some kind September of event. September 28th. I'll be there. I'll be at that for sure. Um, have you had a chance to walk around the farmer's market? I walked through it on my way here. I'm definitely yep. going to stop behind us and grab a popsicle. Yeah, those are really good. I had one of the lime ones. They're really good. And it's just, it's so crowded for a cool night. I mean, it's not super warm right now. It's only about 62 degrees, according to my big thermometer here. But uh, you it's would so never know. packed. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, the, the vibe here is so nice with the grass and the historic building in the background there through the trees. So. I couldn't ask for a better Wednesday anyway. evening, so I really appreciate you for having me. Oh, and, it's our um, pleasure. Thanks for joining us on um, the very first episode of the Wallingford Local, live on Space 101.1 FM. That's Taylor Roden, Director of Community Engagement for Historic Seattle. And again, where can people keep up to date on Historic Seattle programming uh, and stuff? Yes, we are everywhere, historicseattle.org. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Historic Seattle. We have a monthly newsletter. We also send a monthly program guide that includes our events as well as any community events that we're promoting. Great. So we would be happy to <laughs> promote both your episodes and anything else that you think that we should share out to community. How many how many uh, views have your TikTok videos have? Does Historic Sale have TikTok yet? We don't. You know, I'm, I'm really, really, I'm, I'm really working on that. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, no. Really? Oh, you are. You're working <laughs> I, on that. I think that Historic Seattle having a TikTok could be a fun opportunity, but I, I am a vote of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know. Keep us posted on your TikTok efforts for Historic Seattle. All right, thanks for joining us on the Thank show. Thank you, Felix. All right, well... We are wrapping up, close to wrapping up our very first episode ever of the Wallingford Local, live here on Space 101.1 FM. Uh, producer Laura Scott is stepping up to the desk. Oh, it's our Vendor of the Month here. Did you win the Vendor of the Month contest? Uh, did I? I don't know. That'd be great. All right. Let's see, go ahead and uh, lean right up there. and tell. What's your name, sir? This is a nice mic. My it name is Charles Wanger. And you are with? Rain Dog Farm. And what's Rain Dog Farm? Oof, good question. <laughs> that's that's what it says right here. See, Laura Scott, our producer, prepared these questions. So uh, I, I could just read the sheet of notes. She prepared. Just do that. Just read the notes. No, 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 no. Let's let's. All let's right. Do what it. is what is Rain Dog Farm? Rain Dog the suspense farm, is killing me. Rain Dog Farm is a farm that I started in my parents' front yard, and I named it after a Tom Waits album called Rain Dog. Very nice. Yeah. And so, what do you grow? Oh, we grow a little bit of everything. We grow uh, carrots and turnips, and we grow microgreens and herbs and. Uh, Oh, what else we got? Tomatoes this year, cucumbers. 
And so you've got a booth here at the farmer's market. Where's your booth? I do, I do, Where? right behind us, right over there. Okay, what's been the most popular thing this oh, time? salad. So you, how do you sell it? In a bag, and half how much, pound. How much does it cost? It costs $5, and we cut it today. So there's no, because sometimes you buy a bag of salad at the grocery store, not to name any particular grocery store, and you get home, and like yeah. half of it is brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this isn't the case with Rain Dog no, Farm no, salad? No, no, okay, no. okay. If it is, bring great. it back, talk to me, talk to Charlie about it. So what's your, okay, as a, as a farmer, what's your schedule like? What's, what's a typical day like for you in May of 2023? Yeah, yeah, this time of year, it's just 24-7. I mean, we, we wake up, we work. Wait, what time do you get up? I try to get up at five. Okay. Six, probably. Okay. And then work till it gets too hot, go to the river, swim what, a bit. Which river? The, uh, the Tolt River. Oh, it's just out in Carnation it's a, somewhere. It's a tributary out in the, out of the Snoqualmie River. Yeah, 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 okay. And uh, we go swim, swim out there. <clears throat> Maybe have some dinner a little later, and then we wait till the sun goes down a little bit, work a little bit more. And so is that true from roughly, like, what, April to October? Or what's the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then if you're lucky enough, you make some money and you get to hire some people, and then you... That's great. What inspired you to want to be a, in agriculture? Ooh, a lot of things. But the, the main, one, main one was uh, I visited this old uh, couple who lived in Seattle, and they... They like helped start the Burke Gilman Trail, and and they had um they had like chickens. They were like a nine year old. Wait, what was their name? Was oh, it wasn't um, Beryl? No, what's the what's the no, gal's it was, name? Um, oh, Martha and uh, Woody. That group of guys of neighbors who founded the Burke Gilman Trail are amazing. I interviewed a couple of them about ten years ago. Really? Just a really really cool inspirational yeah. story. So they inspired you to get into agriculture. Yeah, my friend took me to their house because he was like helping them do some yard work. And I went there wow. to visit them, and like they're like 90 years old, and in the summer they would bring their bed outside under a tent and sleep outside, and they had like <laughs> little pathways. They had bees, and I, it reminded me of the summer camp I grew up at. Yeah. So I called my childhood summer camp that day, and I said, "Can I start a garden like on the camp and be a part of camp again?" And they said, "Sure," and I started a, a wow. farm there, and then. I did that for about six years. Wait, what camp was that? Hidden Valley Camp. Hidden up Valley in Camp. Granite Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I also I've, grew I've up. I've driven past there before. Yeah, yeah. And Granite Falls is great. Ryan, who um, is the kid of their, their their son, he's like my best friend now, and he runs the camp. So we. Uh, wow. Uh, garden's still going, and then I turned my parents' front yard into a farm. That's then, terrific. Thus, the beginnings of Rain Dog Farm. See, that's what you get. If you go to the not not to keep kicking grocery stores, because I love grocery stores yeah. as much as anybody else. But you don't get those kinds of stories typically when you go to the grocery store, yeah. unless you hang around and ask people lots of questions. But yeah. here at the farmers market, every booth has a story. Every vendor is in this business for an interesting reason, and they're doing something great for their community. So, yeah. wow. So, this, is this your first year at this farm, or this this farmers market? This I mean? is my second year at this. Second farm. year. Okay. Yeah. How's it compared to last year? Right now, what do you think? Uh. It's always it's always a slow beginning after the Memorial Day. Yeah. But then it picks up, and then you know you get a really good um, family regular, a lot of regulars. Yeah. And they want the neighbors. The, they, they like it when you got like the full spread. They like the salad. They like the carrots. You know. So All right. As stuff comes off, we see a lot of that um, uh, people coming out. Well, Charles Wanger, Rain Dog Farm, thanks for being our inaugural hey, guest on Meet you. the Vendor on the Wallingford Local, live on Space 101.1 FM. And good luck this season. I'm going to come over and check out your booth. It's We are live here at the Farmer's Market. The Farmer's Market goes for another hour. It's only it's not quite 6 o'clock. We're here till 7 tonight, not on this show, but the Farmer's Market is here every Wednesday from now to the end of September, 3 to 7 p.m. Come on down to Meridian Park in beautiful downtown Wallingford, just north of downtown Seattle. Thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Come All right, on down, everyone. All right, thank you very much. It's Rain Dog Farm, $5 bag of lettuce, cut fresh today. Hey, right on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head over there. All right, we got a, about less than a minute here to get out of here. I'm going to start playing my background theme music. It says right there, press that. Let's see. Look at, listen to that. Doesn't that sound nice? That's Joe Jezik on all the instruments being played right there. 40 seconds to go here till we wrap it up, uh, but another hour to go on the farmer's market. This is the Wallingford Local. I am Felix Bunnell. This is a special project of historic Wallingford. Seattle Farmers Market Association and Space 101.1 FM, the biggest little radio station in all of North Seattle. Um, we're here a month from now, the last Wednesday of June. We'll have a bunch of other guests and artists to uh, surprise you with. I want to thank all the people in my credits that I carefully wrote, and then I've shuffled my papers so I can't quite find them. But uh, anyway, um, I'm Felix Mill. I want to thank Rhonda Bush, Sarah Martin, Laura Scott, Ken Zick, our guests Taylor Roden and Orion's Belt. And please join us here at the Farmer's Market.